Hi. Hey guys, my name is Chanel Perillo, and I'm a casting director and producer based in Los Angeles. I've cast shows like Drag Race, F Boy Island, The Real Housewives franchise, and Million Dollar Listing, to name a few. I want to welcome you to Shut Up Chanel, a podcast where I take you through my LGBTQIA journey, while each week I get to chat with the queer royalty that helps shape me. Buckle up, because I know you're going to want to tell me to shut up. Shut up, All right. She's not just my sister, but she's a true social media pioneer, an amazing wife, a fierce businesswoman, an actress, a model, and a dedicated advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. Welcome to the motherfucking stage. Gigi Gorgeous. Oh my God. Yes. It's finally happening. I cannot believe (laughs) It's finally happening. It's taken us so long, yet we hang out like all the time. Yeah, and can we just say we are in the same house? (laughs) I'm just downstairs, and you're upstairs in my closet. (laughs) Just for sound purposes, we needed to separate. I am in Gigi Gorgeous's closet right now. (laughs) I got the good lighting. No, you look fucking amazing. Oh, my God. Thank you. I fucking hope so. This is my studio, bitch. Yeah. So Gigi was like, why don't you just come over and then we can have a girls night after. And I was like, but but I do it on Zoom. And you were like, I got you covered. And you did. I came over. You had a glass of wine waiting for me. And now we're about to get the fuck into it. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear what you have planned because I have no idea, but I can only see it going in a the most fun way ever and I'm just so excited to sit down with you for an hour and just like talk and I think there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about us as friends Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. we're not always posting together all the time I feel like I've always said real friends don't really take photos together and we're always the ones saying oh my god we never got a photo last night because we just like forget but you always manage to take like my solo photo. That's what happens is we're like so into like getting photos captured for each other that like by the end of it, we're like, okay, let's go get a cocktail at the bar. Like we're not taking photos together. Yeah, because it feels like cheesy, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. like real friends, like me and like my sister, me and, you know, my husband, me and like any of my best friends, like we just never like are like cheese, like <laughs> unless the other one like makes it happen. But of course we're going to get the content for each other. That's what that's what friends are for. Well, I just want to let you know that after the but at the end of this interview, I'm I feel like I need to like still like reel it back to like my casting director. Like I feel like all my episodes have been like this younger, which is this younger version of myself, which is the point of this podcast is I really like wanted to like take myself and the listener through like my journey through the LGBTQIA plus community. But I still want to, you know, I still want to like use my casting director, you know, 
I don't know, my casting director, like skills. So at the end of this interview, I'm, and, and what inspired it was when I was on your podcast, you asked me this question at the end and you were like, what show would you cast me on? And I remember being like so nervous and like, was like, uh, 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 you're, but like, you're in my eyes, you're already famous. Like, like you're already there. And so it was hard. But so what I'm going to do in this situation is I'm going to pretend it's like an an uh, an alternate universe. Okay. And, okay. And, okay. I'm, and ready, like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. What show I would cast you on in an alternate universe? Cuz all my guests are like are already like have been on TV or have, you know, are a name for themselves already. So, I was like, how could I still make this work? So, that's a little game we're going to play. So, get ready. And Can't I love wait. to start I love to start off each podcast with how we met. So, I want your interpretation of how you and I met. Okay. I don't Okay, my memory's horrible. <laughs> you know this, but anybody listening, I have like the worst memory. Like ask me what I did last Friday, I'd be like Give me a second. Let me check my calendar and let me check my photos because I don't know. Literally, like I don't know what it is. I just terrible, terrible, terrible memory. Always has been, always will be. I remember you and I, I was probably 19, maybe 20. I was in L.A. and I remember we went to this after party. And this is definitely how I met Marco. Marco Marco, the designer. Mm -hmm. Shout out. And uh, shout out. Hey, hey. And I, I. I think that this is our origin story as well. So we were at this after party and I walked in and like many after parties, it's just after the club, it's 2 a.m. Everyone's like, where should we go? It was at this random apartment with not much furniture. The person had just moved in. There was a mattress on the floor and maybe, I don't know, 20 people in like a one bedroom apartment. Very standard for LA uh, after parties, unless you're going to like some mansion in the hills or whatever. You know, still, you don't know whose place it is. You just go. There's no in-between in L.A. Like, you're either in, like, a tiny apartment with, like, the air conditioner coming out of the wall. Like, I have yep. one, so I'm not even, not even judging that. No shade. But, like, no, it's, it's, just it's West Hollywood. You're either in, like, a small West Hollywood apartment, like you see on Vanderpump Rules, at, or you're in a mansion. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no middle class in, in the after-party house that you go to. No, it's so fucking true. So we were sitting there and I'm on the mattress. I don't know how I got a spot on the mattress, but I'm just on the mattress on the ground. I believe there was like a dog and I'm sitting next to Marco. And I think that that's where we met too. And it was just kind of this like, who are you? Your aura is cute. Oh my God. Like some people you just gravitate towards. Was that the night that we met? No, I can't believe like Marco and I share your your memory, your core memory of me. Well, I'm just bad. I've <laughs> talked to Marco about this. That's why. No, I mean, a, a lot of my memory, and that could have been it. Like, you might be right, but you did just say that you have the worst memory ever. So. I do. I do. Admittedly so. I'm, like, terrible. Like, terrible. Well, and I think that night you're talking about is one of the nights, like, one of our first nights. Because there is this one night, and it might have been it, but, like, you came to Foo Bar. This isn't the my first, like... My first night meeting you was the club that Poppy was before it was Poppy. What was it before? Oh, okay. I've been trying to think for so long. Terrible memory. Wait, Poppy. They're, oh, it was uh, Bagatelle. Bag? No, I'm thinking like Hooray Henry's. Oh, no, that was the one beside. No, Hooray Henry's was all blue. I have memories there. And that's, I think it was, what was, it, that's not the old Poppy? 
I don't think so. I think it was Bagatelle. It was fucking, uh, what's that steak restaurant? Catch? No, not Catch. It was the one with like the, um, the, the tusks coming we're off just, the wall. We're going to call it the club before it was Poppy is what we're going to call it. Cause it's STK. Not it was STK. I don't think so. No. It was STK. It then was. Pop, Poppy th- was STK. No, because I remember we were in a booth. So my memory is I have this one. That's why I was going to try to see like what you thought. I have this me- image of you like coming to FUBAR on a random weeknight and me being like, who's that? And you had like, you had this like cute little blonde hair and it, like you were, short, like, like still like short. You were visiting from Canada. No, not short. Like I'm like, like a, like a Bob almost. Yeah, so but like, my but the girl. night I specifically remember. What, what did you just say? I said, but yeah, like short hair, but like a girl, like yeah. Pretty. I mean, yeah, you were you were adorable. Like I was like, who is she? Like who is she? You were gorgeous. You've always been beautiful, like always. But the night I remember, we're in a booth. We'll just say I I I still don't think you're right. I still don't think it was STK because I maybe I have the whole club wrong, but I just I, have I this think image. it is. I think STK was uh, was Poppy, uh, and then the the one beside. Um, what's the restaurant beside Poppy? I'm thinking Hooray Henry's. Yeah, that's a totally different side of town. We got Where- a hit of H Wood for this one. <laughs> Marsha, we're shooting you a text. Because I think that you're wrong. I don't know why I'm so like I'm right, but I feel like I'm right. I'm I'm. (laughs) We got to hit up Google Maps. We got to hit up Google Maps after this. It was I know I should have done my research, listeners. Okay, so I remember us being in this booth and it was with Marsha and we were at the table. And like what I would in the beginning of my LGBTQIA plus journey, I would still like have nights where I'd be like, I got to go to like an H1 night. Like it was like I would like I had had enough Abby. Like it had hit a point in the night at, where the Abby was too much for me. And I would text Marsha and I'd be like, can I come? And she'd be like, fuck yeah. And so I would go and she would set me at the table and I wouldn't know anyone at the table, but I would still have like the best night of my life. And I loved that. I loved like, there is this like sense of freedom, like going to a club when you only know one person that's going to be there and like not knowing like who you're going to meet or like who's going to sit at your table. Well, that night you were seated at the table and... We were introduced and we were sitting like one, they sat you like one person away from me. And I, I, me and you like kept giving each other the eye and you were like, and you like, like we were whispering at each other and like that was, and I remember the girl ended up moving. You came and sat next to me and I was like, I think I've seen you at FUBAR before. And I was like, are you from here? And you're like, no, I'm visiting from Canada. I'm getting my boobs done tomorrow. Oh, my God. Oh, I remember. It was Hooray Henry's. Ding, ding, ding. It, it was Hooray Henry's, but that wasn't, that's not what Poppy is now. Oh. Or was. No, no. Oh, my God. I remember this. And then, yes, I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. The blue walls. Yes, and I had just, and I had just gotten my boobs done myself. It was, like, right after season four, and I had just got my boobs done that summer, so I wonder when, and so, and so it was the night before your boob job and I was trying to give you all the advice, like, girl, like, you're going to, you're oh going to love God. it. It's going to, 
I know. I remember now. Oh I my know. God. So what Weird. year was that? What year did you get your boobs done? That was, okay, so I am 31 now. That was, I got my boobs done for my 21st birthday. So I was 20, so 11 years ago. And that's my first boob job, but I've gotten two more since. So <laughs> big mistake, huge. I just, I just went for it and it was just not the tea. I needed three. <laughs> I will say that like whenever I think about getting my boobs redone, you're always like, do it. <laughs> Yeah, do it. I mean, the ones that I have now, I don't know if anybody knows, but they're like, oh, you need to get your boobs done every 10 years. No. I got no. my boobs done last, the third time, and they're gummy bear silicone inject, like, uh, not injections. Mm -hmm. They're gummy bear silicone uh, implants, and he said that they're good for 50 years. So I'm like, bitch, like, I'm never getting them done again. Mm-mm. I just think as you get older, like there's, you know, there's just like talk of like the statistics of them breaking, but not the gummy bear. I feel like the you, gummy bear, you can't, he cut now. them with scissors in front of me. Yeah. Like they can't rupture. They can't leak. There's nothing. There's nothing that could go wrong. Oh my God. Unless I get in like a major car accident or something. I don't know. What? What, what was going on? Like, what brought you to L.A.? I want that story. Like, uh, we met that night at Poppy. I, I, I'm still pushing Poppy. We met that <laughs> night. We met, <laughs> fuck. Hurry we Henry's, met that night yeah. at Hurry Henry's. And mm -hmm. I remember, you know, I remember us, like, part, like, you would come and visit. And, like, I, there was, like, spurts of you. What brought you to L.A.? Like, I, and, and. What was like what you came and got your boobs done in L.A. And was was that always the goal, L.A. for you? So looking back, it's kind of crazy because it just happened. But I think even though this is like maybe not the whole driving force or the whole sole reason, but the hills on MTV had a humongous role in me just like romanticizing L.A. And GG. so. How did I've I ever... never know that? You've never told me this, and yet, like, I was living, like... You were going to Ledoux with fucking Lauren Conrad and Heidi and I... Spencer. Like, I could I could gag. I went to Fidham with LC. <laughs> like... I can't. I can't. I mean, that's the, that was literally my childhood dream. That's so... so I mean, that of... was... But, but that's... I've never known that that between us is, like, my driving force was, like, I, mm -hmm. I found out about Fidham through the fucking Laguna Beach. And then right. me and my girlfriends were like, let's go to Fitum. And so. Do you think they paid the girls to go to Fitum? Because I'm I, sure it drove a lot of like money towards the school. I never even thought about that. Like, like. But right. Like we how were, Taylor Swift is doing the, the Travis Kelsey or Kelsey Travis, whatever his name is. Like I mean, she's getting paid by the NFL, right? I mean, I've thought that, too. It's like, like I've never cared about football before before this little girls are dressing like up to watch Taylor Swift play on to play. Exactly. NFL. So like <laughs> MTV must have had a deal with Fidham. Come on. I mean, if, if it got five of my girlfriends from like one school in Rancho Bernardo, think about the statistics and think about how much money. And that was at the beginning. I bring it up on every episode of this podcast. The 2006 recession. <laughs> every fucking not one episode I have not brought this up but um Amazing. but like everyone was broke and they were getting all these broke girls to go to college like and it, that school was like 50k a year oh wow oh that's pretty standard though for America a trade well in a trade school it. like it was a trade school right but okay so the hills inspired you 
The Hills inspired me, so I always, you know, I was in high school. I didn't really know what to do, and then I went to college but never really went in Toronto. And I, so after high school, every single year, I have two brothers, one older, one younger, and my parents said, after you graduate high school, we'll take you on a trip and we'll, you know, go anywhere you want. One of my, one of my brothers went to Boston. I chose Los Angeles. <laughs> and my dad used to take, my dad took my older brother, and then when it came around to my turn, my mom said, I think that I'm gonna take this child. And I said, I really wanna go to LA. And we went, and she was, I had already been on YouTube for a little bit at that point, and this is gonna be total for full circle. She was like, okay, if you wanna go to LA, and I was not transitioned yet, nothing. She said, can I invite one of my girlfriends and her daughter? And so it was the four of us. And I said, yeah, of course, like for sure, it's so fun. So we all went and I was booked at the Abbey for a meet and greet and a five beauty tips and tricks uh, speech, basically. In the back room, way at the back at like noon. Like it was like during the day. Yes. So we stayed at the Best Western on Sunset Boulevard. Across this, that's like my, that's the hotel in front of my house. In front of my. Yes. Literally. 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 Okay. So yeah. Every time. It's a very fancy Best Western on Sunset Boulevard. It is cute. No, I was so excited. I just remember getting there with my mom and her girlfriend. Her name is Linda and her daughter, Brianne. And we all just went there and I had no idea where we were. I just knew we were on somewhere really, you know, steep up, up the mountain because Mm -hmm. we had come from the airport. I was like, oh, this is like the most major spot in the city. Like we're on Sunset Boulevard. This is is so fun. And I remember freaking out because I had nothing to wear and we were in the room and I was trying on shorts and pants and we went to Santee Alley to go get like high heels for me. And it was just a crazy time. And I just remember thinking that LA is so different than I imagined it to be. I thought it was so glitz, so glam. I thought it was the hills. Like I just thought it was literally just perfection. Everyone's gorgeous. You know, come to find out it is not like that at all. And that was like my first taste. And it was for work, you know, mind you. But Mm -hmm. I also worked it into my parents' gift to to go wherever I wanted to go. Yeah. And it was like, I was just hooked after that. I was like, the air feels different in L.A. The the temperature, like just the glow. I, I, I convinced myself that there was like a glow to the air in L.A. Like I was like hooked. Is that, do a lot of people from Canada look at L.A. that way? Because I feel like a lot of Canadians come here. And so there must be, like, something to that, like, that they, like, look at L.A. like it's this, like, magical place. Personally speaking, I feel like I was, like, a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. But I I really do, like, live really fast. And, like, you know, granted, I am trans. I've lived a lot. My mom has since passed. So, like, I have really gone through a lot. And I just felt like I had outgrown my roots of my hometown. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's like a Canada thing necessarily. Mm -hmm. I just feel like wherever I was from, Mm -hmm. even if it was from like Northern California, I would have been like, Mm -hmm. I want something different. I want something more fast paced, like city vibes. I feel like Mm -hmm. if it wasn't LA, it was going to be New York. Mm -hmm. I feel like I knew, I knew that you and your mom made a trip out here, but I didn't know it was like, that was like the trip that like sold you on moving here. 
Yeah, and the crazy part also was, so I was underage at the time, and I was doing this speech at the Abbey. It was with some brand. I think it was called Lashem. It was like a lash-growing serum mm-hmm. that I was working with. And I remember I the call time was noon at the Abbey, and I gave like a you know 15-minute speech or whatever. And then... After that, we took pictures, hung out with people, and like, of, of course, I wasn't drinking, and like, you know, everyone around me was. This and is I walked crazy. Out. No, I know. And I was just like, oh, the Abbey, the world's famous gay bar, like, whatever. And like, now, I, years later, like, spending so many nights there. But I remember walking out because the event was done. It was mm-hmm. probably like one or one thirty, and there was, I will never forget, there was this dad probably like 50 years old with his young daughter and they wouldn't let her in because it was like an adult, you know, Mm -hmm. bar. And she was like, Oh my God, like I waited outside for you. And the dad was like, hi, Uh, like a little bit uncomfortable, but kind of like spearheading the conversation, which is so sweet. We walked out and he was like, yeah, she would really like a picture with you. And she, she couldn't get in. So we waited outside. And meanwhile, the LA sun is beaming and I'm in like full high whore drag. like Just like, this is my moment, you know, like I'm in LA doing a meet and greet. Like this is my moment. And mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like, this is like what I want to do. Like, this is so special. Oh my gosh. And how old were you? I was probably 18. So like for 17, for, like, 18, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that like Gigi started on YouTube in Canada and so, so how did that even come about? Like you, so you started YouTube, like how, how did you get a meet, a meet and greet at the Abbey at 18 years old? So there was this girl, I know exactly, I, I know everything. Her name was uh, Yvonne, Yvonne okay. Kai, I believe is her last name. And she, we connected on Twitter and she was like, I really want to fly you out to LA. And you know, like I, I, you know, I know you're underage, but like, your mom can come. Like, mm-hmm. I just really want to work with you. I respect, like, what you stand for. And at that point, I had been sharing, like, you know, my my sexuality, like, coming out as, as mm-hmm. gay back then and all my beauty tips and stuff like that. And she just really, like, came for me. She was like, I want you. I see something in you. And I was like, okay. And, yeah, she just really, like, made it happen. She's, like, a, a go-getter. I don't know where she's at now, but she was like, I'm going to get you out to L.A. I'm going to get you paid. I'm going to get you to do a meet and greet at this gorgeous place called the Abbey. It's you and all your people. I know you're underage, but we'll do it before drinking hours. Like, we'll do it, like, during the day, so it will work. And I remember she – I didn't have any shoes for my outfit, and I wore, like, the most hideous outfit. She came (laughs) to pick me up, talked to my mom. You know, she came to the Best Western. We had, like, a little conversation, and then I was – sent off in her car she drove like a little white two-seater mercedes and we went to santiali got heels came back two <laughs> hours later and i was like mom look i got heels and she was like okay girl and i just did my appearance the next day that is wild so you went back to canada being like i am a star yeah a hundred percent what was Gigi like in high school <laughs> like i want to know what you were like in high school I was I was really cool with everyone, I will say. I I got bullied a few times, but I really took it upon myself to be like you won't bully me and I don't know where this came from. I think it might have been who I was surrounding myself with, but mm-hmm. 
I wasn't going to take being bullied. So a lot of the times I turned the bullying around on the bullies and I would bully them. And I think that once you show people like your fangs, they get a little scared, especially in high school where everything mm -hmm. is the end of the world. Bitch, don't fucking come for me because I'm gay. Don't come for me because I wear makeup. Are you mm -hmm. an idiot? No. I'm going to fucking ream you out in front of all the girls you like. I'm going to make friends with all the girls you like. I'm going to make everyone hate you. And that's it. And that's what I did. And it worked for me. <laughs> I love that. So, so like, you... So you, so what kind, so you hung out with the girls? Yes. Beyond. I was really, really, I mean, I was really flamboyant in high school. I was wearing like full makeup. I remember every single morning my mom would walk me and my brothers to the front door and mm -hmm. like watch us, you know, we'd w walk to the bus down the street, like a five minute walk. And eventually I would, I, it would start with a little mascara and she'd be like, are you wearing mascara? And I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. And she would just like. Be like, okay, you're you're gonna be late for the bus, so just go. And mm -hmm. then it would turn into full foundation, full. It would just turn more and more and more. And I would wait to the last second to leave the house because I I knew she wouldn't tell me to wash it off. But yeah, she. I don't know. I just feel like I'm. That's exactly how I'm gonna raise my kids too. I think you got to stand up for yourself, you know. And it, mm -hmm. I I think also being bullied or picked on or being different it builds character. And I think that that's what kind of got me like to learn how to like read a room and like, you know, learn the mm -hmm. temperature of like every setting that I'm in. But mm -hmm. I definitely did take it too far in high school. And I just thought, you know what? Fuck with me. And no, like you're going to pay because all the girls liked me. <laughs> <laughs> so you started wearing makeup in high school. Is that when it started for you? Yes. So it started in high school, it trickled through. What was the moment, like what was the moment that you were like, I wanna record myself on my computer? The moment was, I mean, I was always into like making content, like taking photos and like going to the mall and you know, taking pictures and videos and stuff like that. And I think when I saw her name was Blair, Blair. I don't know. She's like an old YouTuber. Um, okay. She was recording herself doing makeup and I was like, oh my God, I could totally do this. And I was like, let me just do this. And I was alone in my room testing out makeup all the time. It was like totally like a secret mm -hmm. hobby of mine. And mm -hmm. I was like, I could do this too. So I just did mm -hmm. it and didn't tell anyone. And then probably like three or four videos in, my whole school knew. <laughs> Everyone was talking about it. And then I was like, okay, pressure's on because... Now I got to really perform because these bitches can't see me fail. <laughs> see, I like, I like just missed the, like, I missed that. Like I missed that of high school of like people like talking about anything that was digital. Like uh -huh. that's what's insane to me is like the, like it was like AIM messenger is the most, was like the most that we had. Like the inner, like we were, it was beta version. So like, I can't imagine what that was like. How did, and, and. How did it go from you making videos and kids talking about you at school to like you getting like tons of views and making and, and making money and wanting so to move I to did, LA? Like give it like even like thinking like that this is the next step kind of thing. Yeah, I don't uh, honestly I don't have an answer for that because I feel like I just played every day, day by day. It was like mm -hmm. very like you know fight or flight, and I was in fight mode. Mm -hmm. But what I did was so I had a bunch of crushes on a 
bunch of guys in my school <laughs> and we my YouTube started getting really popular and everyone was talking about it and I would post a video you know the afternoon after school and then the next day a bunch of people including teachers would come up to me and tell me like oh I love that look or like oh that was so funny that line that you said whatever and I was like oh my god people are like watching so me and my best friend decided to make a reality show very similar to the hills and we called it the campus and we cast the guys that we had crushes on we went up to them and we were like do you want to be on the internet on this channel so come tomorrow with a change of clothes and hear your lines and we would make like people kiss <laughs> like classmates of us like kiss and like we would make crazy storylines my best friend wrote this the scenes it was very telenovela vibes but like so good I mean I still watch them and laugh it's called the campus for anybody watching but we would be like should we ask that guy that like you know bullied us two years ago to like be in a be in a scene and like kiss this girl even though he has a girlfriend like yes mm -hmm. let's do it and they did it. All of them. Oh, my God. All those motherfuckers that used to make fun of you. Yes, exactly. Karma, karma's a bitch. It's so true. I mean, people look at you and, and they, they like, they, you just exude confidence. And it's something that, like, it, it, each episode I really talk about, like, what each person in this, like, story has, like, how they've changed my life. And you really, like, were... I was in the midst of like this drag queen stew of like like tough love and you kind of came into my life and were like the girlfriend that I needed. You know, like I was surrounded yeah. by a bunch of gay men and drag queens and like and you came into my life and were like probably like one of the first girlfriends that I had had in a long time. Like I got my SD girlies in San Diego and like and and ones that have come in and out of my life but you during that time where i was like super like hyper focused on like being in weho you were like my main chick <laughs> yeah i feel that i mean i i hate the term girls girl and like boys girl but like i truly do feel like we're both girls girls like we want to see girls succeed and like just jealousy and competition and all that bullshit is so annoying and I felt that energy and I just feel like it's like easy to be your friend. And also like, I, I know you've said this before, like you like like venting and I like venting. So like with each other to bounce off of, it's just really easy to vent. It's almost mm. like a little like therapy session. Oh, Gigi and I's voice notes are out of control. Like, yeah, it's only voice notes. I love the voice note aspect too. Some people hate it. I'm like, how? Like you get the cadence, you get everything. Yes. I mean, we're a little, like, we love to hear ourselves talk, too. Like, we do. That, too. That, too. That, too. That too, that too. <laughs> we do. It's, like, kind of Leo energy. Like, I, it's, like, very, like, we both. But, like, you really have sound advice. And, like, you're so, and I've said it before, like, even being here where I am right now, like, Woodbridge, it's, like, it's really, like, a safe space. Like, I've, like I feel like I could be my true self like it's like because that's hard like growing up wanting to be a girl's girl but never felt like there was other girls girls and I and I did grow up with like we are so also we are also kind of like girls girls that like like boy things <laughs> yeah well we can be tomboy rock and roll punk rock beyond mm -hmm. I think it's just really like I love that you said that about my house because 
that's exactly the energy that I want it to be. I always want anyone to be who they are, no judgment. And I think that that is such a big component of my happiness recently, personally. Mm -hmm. And I think it really helps a lot of people. Cutting the fat. If you don't feel nice around anybody, if they're, you feel judged or inspected or fucking people are rude to you or have an attitude or a bratty, mm-hmm. it's time to it's time to cut them out of your life because it's they're they're going to suck your energy and i would rather personally be completely alone than have people around me that are sucking my energy and are making me feel bad about myself mm-hmm. and that is something that i've really had to learn and i feel like when people walk through the doors of this home it's very much like be who you are if you want to fucking cry if you want to have a ball if you want to get drunk if you want to watch a movie or veg out or whatever mm-hmm. or create content like i'm always down to do whatever it's like you're just yourself here and then you go back into the world when you leave you know mm-hmm. i've always yeah, felt like that's important to me i did write your house a place where you could be free <laughs> It's so, it's so fucking drill. I mean. No, it's funny. It's like, do we give people shrooms when they walk in? No, I really feel like it's the energy. Like, I feel my most tranquil when I'm here. And I'm like, I'm glad that that, mm-hmm. like, resonates with other people. And they're, like, able to, like, do what they want, say what they want, and, like, sleep over, whatever you want to do, you know? No, and, and like, it, this brings to the point, not like it's like, oh, like, we're some, like, Like, I don't even know the way to, like, say it, but, like, you really, like, you made me feel comfortable to, this sounds like there's no way to say it where it doesn't sound like we have, like, orgies or something, but, like, you. I know. (laughs) That's what it gives, like, sex drugs. No, but you. But it's not. But there's, like, there's this, like, you, like, helped me feel comfortable enough to want to even, like, dive into my sexuality. Because for the longest time, I was always just, like, the straight girl that, like, hangs out with, like, the gay guys. You know what I mean? And it was, like, this, like, but is she, like, like, I mean, like, she makes out with girls occasionally. Like, and so, like, you kind of gave, like, once you came out for your third time, I was, like, oh, like, you could come out at any age in your life. You could, like, explore as long as you want to until you, like, find love. And so... How has sexuality played a role in your life? I have always been, like, really attached to labels, and I feel like that's very taboo nowadays. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm labelless, Like, I'm not gay. I'm not straight. I'm not pan. Whatever. But I've always felt pride in being like, I am gay. I am trans. I am pan. I am a lesbian. And I just felt like it grounded me and like tethered me to something and Mm -hmm. I know now that that's I mean I made my video I am pansexual because I really just did fall in love with the person and I feel like that's what it was all along and Mm -hmm. it was all it was I just didn't really know the term I didn't know anything Mm -hmm. and also you know being on YouTube there's a lot of pressure to be like what are you like stand behind something Mm -hmm. and I was like if I stand for everything then you know that's just bullshit. Like I need to make a stance. So mm-hmm. I think I made my last coming out video and I said, I'm pan, but yeah, I felt really tethered to that. And I felt like that gave me like a sense of a, a sense of community, but also a sense of independence because I felt mm-hmm. like I was standing for something that I believed in. And I think it's really important to know that you, which I felt before you shouldn't be judged on something that you've said previously because that was your truth then 
Yes, that's so tea. Like, no one talks about that. Like, you could change your mind. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and, like, going back and watching my videos, which I've done before, and it's, like, so cringe because I'm like, oh, God, like, that was way years ago. But, like, if you say, like, I am a lesbian and you are firm in that and you are, like, almost defending that in the video because people Mm -hmm. are going to obviously say things. So you want to make it like a this is really how I feel. This is, like, this is my argument. This is my stance. Mm -hmm. And then you come back and be like, oh, no, I'm actually pansexual. It's like, okay, well, you feel like you need to defend that too because people have – it's it's once you upload it online, it's there forever. So it's like you feel like you have a gun to your head being like, well, are you being real? It's like, well, you know, I – I said it before, but I, I mean it now, too. Like, I was standing in my truth. And it would it's always, like, cis-heteronormative people that think that way because I feel like a queer person would just be like, like, we're queer. Like, it's like, and that's the, at the end of the day, like, not of the norm is, I think, the definition. And I literally finally watched the Little Richard documentary, which maybe I'll make you watch tonight, that Raja Please. talked about. But... Like, that was a huge topic of, that was, like, one of the quotes from the movie is, like, queer, like, it, it doesn't need to be defined as sexuality, but that of being, like, different than the norm, which I thought was, like, so awesome. Yeah, I think it's over. I think being, like, tethered to one thing is a little bit over. Because sex is only one aspect of it. Like, that's another thing people don't talk about with sexuality. Like, like romance and, like, what romantically you're into is different sometimes than what you're sexually into as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also feel like people who have such a hard stance against, like, oh, you said you were this, you said you were that. It's like, well, do you have anything going on, girl? Like, what's going on with you? Because aren't at the end of the day, aren't we all human? And, like, that's something that used to, like, bother me. I'd be like, um, why, <laughs> why do I care so much? Like, what is going on? We're all human. Like, it's, it's going to be okay, Angel. This isn't a hilarious comparison, but it's like reminds me of the day that you posted the video that you were never going to have extensions again on you YouTube. Love that comparison. <laughs> and I texted you and I was like, Gigi, you're never wearing extensions again. And you're like, girl, it's the internet. Like it doesn't need to be forever. You're like, I just don't want to wear them right now. But that was just like when I start, like, that's just like a great example of like I don't know. Like, nothing needs to be... Nothing's forever. Yeah, it's true. As long as you can speak to it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people get nervous about the internet, too. I have a lot of friends, like, in the industry, and they're like, should I post this? Should I say this? I'm like, well, can you speak to it? Like, if someone's going to ask you about it, like, what are your thoughts? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, yeah, I can. And then it's it's all okay. <sighs> I mean, I feel like you're going to be such an amazing mother. Do you want to, like, tell me a little bit about what's going on with your IVF journey? Sure. Okay, so Nats just had his second egg retrieval yesterday. He's currently two doors down from where you are right now in my closet, recovering in the bed. I know. I'm trying to be quiet (laughs) for him. No, no. It's fine. It's fine. There's enough room. Yeah, he did two weeks of shots, uh, four shots a day, pumped with hormones and all that bullshit, and... This is his second round, our second round rather. But I mean, he goes through so much more than I do. I feel so bad because it's just so much needles and so much Mm -hmm. medication and hormones and stuff. But the first time around we got two embryos, one being a girl and one being a boy. And then this time around he was like, you know what? I am already, you know, in it 
So let mm-hmm. me just poke myself up for another two weeks. We don't know uh, how many embryos or what is going on yet, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's what's that's what's happening. We're trying to create as many as we can, and it's the it's really confusing because you hear all these numbers and all these statistics about IVF, like, oh, you need to have 8 million swimmers in your sperm at 90% velocity and da 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 Like, there's just so much information going around, but mm-hmm. you just, I guess, need to, like, trust the doctors at mm-hmm. some point. And right now we have two babies, which is great. So, it's so any more exciting. than that is bad. Oh, my God. What have you learned about yourself during this process? Um, I actually have learned that I'm not that different, not on hormones because I've not been on hormones for two years now. So mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, I think I cry a little bit less, but like for the most part, I'm pretty much the same girl, mm-hmm. which is nice to know, I guess. Cause yeah, I mean, my skin isn't the same. My facial hair is growing back. I definitely am like a little bit more harsh. But I think being harsh isn't the worst thing ever. At least I'm, like, decisive. You know, I'm not, like, a little timid bitch. Well, and I'm, like, just, like, for the average, like, curious person, like, how – because that's the thing. You brought that up to me. Like, you asked me one day, you're like, have I seemed different to you? And I'm like, you literally seem like the same old girl to me. So, like – how like how does that work? The hormones help like, helped you when you were first transitioning and now you've outgrown them? Is that – is that how you would look at it? Because I'm just like, I'm even yeah. a little confused because it's like know. no difference. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I Well, I was on hormones for 10 years, 10 mm-hmm. plus years. And, you know, consistently, even sometimes like abusing them, like doing too much. Like I would do like way too much estrogen every single week just because I thought it would make me like prettier or whatever, which estrogen definitely does. It makes you gorgeous. But it helps with it, at least, like the softening of the skin and just everything is like more just pretty in my, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's what it did for me. You know, 10 years on and then two years off, the only Mm -hmm. thing I really realize is I'm a little bit less sensitive, but like definitely still feel, I definitely Mm -hmm. still have empathy and definitely still pretty sensitive when it comes down to the people that I love. But you know, for the most part, those who I don't love, it's like, fuck you. You're so empathetic, though. You I are. I think so, too. I think the estrogen just fuels it even more. But for the most part, the biggest difference is, like, the skin. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, break out, and, like, my facial hair and body hair is worse, and just things like that. But I think personality, I'm just the same. Maybe I'm just, like, a little bit – I don't even know. Maybe it's maybe it's age, too, where I'm, like, a little bit more harsh. Mm-hmm. I just say what I want. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. No. No. You know? The power of no. No, there is there is like this age where you get, I think it's like early 30s where you're just like, oh no, I could like, I don't, I remember feeling like I had to do something. Like there was something oh. in my brain and like chest that it would be like, I have, if I don't go to that birthday party, then they're never going to be my friend and da da da. And then like you, you say no to a couple things and life stays the same. And you're like, wait a minute. Like I could say no more. Yes. And you know, what's funny too. I feel like LA is so plan heavy, like, you know, time, like, it's like, will you go to dinner with me on Thursday? It's like, um, yeah, if I want, it's Friday of last week. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know yet. Like, People just love to lock down plans, and I call it holding you at gunpoint. <laughs> like, sometimes I feel like people hold me at gunpoint to try to make a plan with me, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to, maybe. Can I let you know in, like, four days? Like, 
no. And like also like you realize like these people won't stay like mad at you. It's not that deep. Like it's it it's it's nothing. Like it's not. I think like I told Tiffany once this when she was in her like shout out Tiffany. Um, Tiff. <laughs> oh my god, my new nickname for her by the way is Two Ply. <laughs> How funny is that? Two Ply. Like her amazing. jail name. Oh my god, Marco always jokes about how like Tiffany and I are gonna be like old women living together one day once we like just get over men and just like Come we on, move queer. to like yeah we just like very um Gracie was it Grace and Frankie like very that like once our husbands uh-huh. have died we like get a beach house and like smoke weed all day together. <laughs> no, it's like it's like Dumb and Dumber. Oh, oh wow, she had to go there, <laughs> Tiffany. She had to go there. <laughs> She's gonna wow, a, a big old wow for Tiffany. Wow. No, we were. I started the talks of a girls trip that we have to be planning, which is a great, like a great segue because I was gonna. There was something I wanted to say after you said that, but I forget. So we're gonna move on to the fact that like we have traveled to so many places together. The I world. Truly- the world. I truly believe that like our first time ever bonding was a trip that August planned, and he. Text me one day and he's like, can you go to Miami for the weekend? And I was like, fuck yeah. And he was like, okay, awesome. I'm inviting my friend Gigi and Ozzy. And we flew private there, which was my first time flying private. I felt Wait, like we did? I forget. We flew fucking private there. Oh my God. And it was our was first, first time. time. It was my first time. And me and you like had hung, that this thing, we had hung out occasionally. Yep. Like we were party friends. Yep. See yep, you at 100%. the club. Friends. A lot of things. Oh my God. Also, let's just say in LA, you see people at night. You don't see them during the day. Yeah. Like Gigi and I had, it was probably two years running that I only yep. seen you in the dark of the night. Yep. That's a, that's how it is, though. That's I used to feel is. so insecure. I was like, I'm not going to meet this person for lunch. Like, no. So this was like a breakthrough for us, I feel. I remember that trip really well. It was a breakthrough, and me and you were like the two girls on the trip, and we just bonded hard, and we dressed up hard, and wore our clip-ins hard, and we had so much fun. And I really think that was like the beginning of our real friendship, like not our like going out friendship. Yeah, we're like, this girl isn't a threat. It's fine. Yeah, we had. I remember we went to that one club where it was like beds, and me and you were like laying in the bed, and we were like, we just. I think it was actually called bed. I think so too. Like B E D. And there's a Sex in the City episode called like there was like a bar like that, so I felt like I was living my Sex in the City fantasy. Do you remember that guy at that club? Like he was in. I know you do. It was like by. It was like there was like Z Gallery beds, the ones that you're talking about, and then there was a guy in like a G string thong. And there was like a bath. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, there was like a bath and then like crystals hanging down. And then I I don't know why I did this. I took his pants off and I and then I think like you or somebody pushed him on the ground and then we started taking photos of him. And he was like loving it. Like it, it, a dancer has never seen so much action. No, didn't they pay you, like not pay you, but ask you to like hose someone off or something? There was something that night where they like they asked you to oh they asked you to like spray the champagne on the on the crowd. Oh yeah, yeah. And I didn't know how to do it because I had only done it like in a kitchen. So I did it in the club and then girls two floors down were like opening their mouths 
and I remember I was pouring it on them and like their whole faces were covered in champagne and I was like oh my god like did not mean to do that that's gonna be sticky fuck we lived I remember we were like we we lived hard oh that was so fun it was so fun out of all the places that we've gone together what is your favorite oh it's between Croatia Dubrovnik or Mexico Honestly, that one Mexico trip was pretty legendary. <laughs> it really was. So we stayed at the, what's his name? Joe Francis? Joe Francis. Joe the Francis's Joe Francis. House. The Girls Before Gone Wild House. Before it burned down. The Kardashians used to stay there too. So it was like very like fantasy, a little bit of that. Like the, the place where Kim like cries in the bedroom that she doesn't feel safe in. Yeah. Oh, and I so remember fun. We, and like on the so phones, fun. there's like an anything button. Do you remember like ever hitting that? Did you ever hit that button on the trip? I did. I did. So I did we were too. at this place and there was a phone. And on the phone, like, you know how like old school phones have like the name, like, and, like an, it reminds me of like an office building where it's like yes. each person's name for each button. So like there was a button, or like any hotel phone, I guess. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, literally though. <laughs> but like there was like a button that said anything. And we were like, what do you mean anything? Like anything? Like anything. And oh, so we anything. were like, anything. <laughs> anything, bitch. We can only say anything so many times. The viewers know. Like, think anything. Anything. <laughs> anything goes. You could have said anything. <laughs> Here's something PC. Like, they, like, we were like, weed brownies. Like, thinking like a, like a joke. Like, not thinking next day, weed fucking brownies. Yeah. Or no, it wasn't even next day, Chanel. It was like within like 30 minutes. Like I was they like, they like, have everything in the back. Like it was giving like, hey, can I have like a Bloody Mary? And they would know what room you were in. Five minutes. <sighs> Bloody Mary. Fresh. Cold. Like just oh insane. Just, no, oh, it was. property so fun. But also Croatia was really cute too. And also like it was, it was a lot of fun, obviously. But we did the first Dubrovnik Croatian pride there. Yes. Okay. So like last summer... Oh, two summers I don't know. ago? My memory's so bad. Oh I want to say like three years ago. No, like two summers. I think it was it wasn't this summer. It was last summer. So like yeah, yeah. over so it was like the summer before this last one. So like two year almost two years, like a year and a half. We went to Dubrovnik because you were there for like a family trip. And I remember like I was going through it because my dad had passed away. It was like right after my dad passed away. Yeah. And you, August, and Nats were like, come to Croatia, like this place is magical. And I was so excited because you I didn't... live on vacation. We've said this before. <laughs> I think Chanel just lives in a sundress and like gives it her all. Like that's her authentic self. Vacation Chanel. Oh my God. Nat, Nat's like, and Nat's like lives for it whenever when, and we're always like in a different place. And I like dress according to that place. Like I really take on the culture. I really... In a yeah, non-appropriating no, we'll get, way. No. Oh, my God. What? No, <laughs> not at all. No, we'll get, well, like, the, the night before, it'll be like, okay, what's everyone's plan? What's everyone's vibe for tomorrow? And it's giving, like, okay, we're going to meet for brunch at 9. Chanel will be ready at 9 in a pinstripe blue and white with a belt tied romper, strapless, with gorgeous uh, updo, gorgeous sunglasses, Purse ready to go, and like knowing our group, no one's fucking ready on time. So she's just red D. 
to go. Uh, and like she'll uh, sit down at, at breakfast and be like, mimosas or no? Like ready to start the day. And I'm like, yes, bitch, let's go. Like best it, travel buddy ever. It's my true self. Like I've literally even talked to my therapist about this. Like I am my my best self on vacation. And like she thinks it's because I'm like away from everything and I don't have anything to think about. And I'm just like my like true self. But like I even think I'm prettier on vacation. Like I get to a new city and I'm like, Oh my god, I'm stunning. But like in my WeHo apartment, somehow I can't see it. <laughs> well, you also tan really well. You are a great time. You go with the flow. You know how to dress. You have cute outfits. Yeah, I think that you are your best self on vacation. I really do. Mm -hmm. I think oh that my... you just need to like retire already and just like stay on vacation. <laughs> I know. No straight men probably listen to this, but Really, I would just make the best vacation wife. Like, I listened to this interview. I think it was Dr. Dre, and he was like, I'm just at that point in my life where I just want, like, a wife to travel with. And I'm, like, like right Hello? here, Do Dr. Oh Dre. God, that's your dream. Dr. Dre. And you could podcast from anywhere in the world. Yeah, like, I'd still have hobbies. Like, I just want to be on the road. Like, I... Don't, I would, I just, Gigi is like the best travel fucking gal ever. You brought up. I think I'm pretty high maintenance. You're really not. Like you, but you get like, you get everything out of the trip when you travel with you because like you're getting content, you're getting activities, you're getting like, I don't think you're too high maintenance. I think you're, I think you're a good old time. I'm not like a wake up and hike kind of girl. So like you're perfect for me. You know what I mean? I, I kind of am now though. I'm like so in my fitness era. The thing is though, I'm so high maintenance and the only person that probably hears about it is Nats because I need air conditioning. I need a good vanity to do my makeup. Mm -hmm. I need a good shower, good shower pressure mm -hmm. and all my products. Like if my bag is lost, I'm a fucking devil and like. <sighs> That is terrible. That's high maintenance. I'm low maintenance when it comes to, like, fun and activities and stuff. But, like, I need my things. And, like, I'm not going to have fun unless I, lo I look and feel good. But, guys, that trip to Croatia, Gigi lost her bag. Didn't you maybe just get it back? And you ended up wearing all my dresses. <laughs> yep. Well, you had stuff for me. So I was like, okay, this is good. And, like, I can go on, like, you know, a five makeup product mm -hmm. journey mm -hmm. of glam. But, mm -hmm. like, if I have nothing, I mm -hmm. will not feel – I just get triggered because of, like, my dysphoria or whatever. But I just need to feel, like, a little bit put together, mm -hmm. and then I'm good. But mm -hmm. yeah, a sundress. Are you kidding me? A sundress, a, a cute set that you have, like instant pretty, instant put together, instant well, ready to rock. I mean, I think that's why I, I love a vacation too, because it's, it's, I know, I know I got, I got seven to 14 days and all I have to worry about are my looks and everything for those 14 days. Like nothing else matters. The month after it doesn't matter. The month before that happened doesn't matter. That's it's maybe like, why you lean in and rock it so hard. I lean hard. I'm like, this is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, when you said you're dysphoria, what is it? What do you mean by that? I mean, I, I don't know. Other trans girls I'm sure can relate. But like I feel like sometimes, especially now being off hormones, like mm -hmm. I need to like get up and shave and like mm -hmm. do my skincare and like put on a little bit of makeup or mm -hmm. put on a cute like girly outfit because that's just how I like to present myself and mm -hmm. like or you know get full glam mm -hmm. I can't it takes a very special day like this morning for example I went to go to the gym with my trainer and mm -hmm. we were like 
I rolled out of bed. Rolled my ass out of bed. Mm -hmm. Left within like 10 minutes. And I just Mm -hmm. felt so gross. But I leaned in. And I was like, I'm not going to. Nothing's changing here. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to. I feel rough. I feel gross. I don't feel cute. I don't feel feminine. Mm -hmm. But I was like, nobody's thinking about me. And I feel like that's something that you need to tell yourself all the time. But sometimes, like, the voices in your head get the best of you. And I'm like, I feel so masculine. I feel so gross. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, there's nothing I could do cause I already left the house, but you know, on vacation, especially like, you know, in Croatia or like Mexico or something, you want to look cute. Mm-hmm. And like my cuteness is like, I want to put on a little bit of makeup. So that's my dysphoria. Well, we didn't even tell. Okay. So we have to tell them now. And that's, I do remember on the trip, you saying something of like, as long as I have like ear, like I need my hoop earrings. Like I need something. And it's so fucking relatable because like, if you're feeling There's so many memes of it now, but it's like a hoop earring will just like get you together. But that you were like, I need a hoop earring, some mascara and like a push up bra like that. Like if I have something like that, then that's all I need. And it's like so literally it's yes. And it changes your mood like it really like I if you don't have what you need in the moment, it's like it's almost like put a, a put a girl who doesn't like glam in full glam. And have her go live her night. How uncomfortable would she be? Mm-hmm. Extremely uncomfortable. Put a girl that's used to full glam without any glam and let her live her night. She's going to be extremely uncomfortable. There's got to be some kind of medium. And I need and I will always make it happen regardless of where I am. I will take it back to Egyptian days and use like actual tar for <laughs> mascara because my lashes are blonde and I will literally make it happen because I'm not going to feel uncomfortable in my skin. Not after all this work, honey. <laughs> no. So we got to Croatia. Gigi lost her fucking bag, but we were at this like amazing fucking hotel, like on an edge of a cliff, like where all you could just see was water for fucking days. And, and like when hundreds I, of birds like swirling around and like still still water. Like the water didn't move. It was wild, right? And so many boats. Like it was like picturesque. Like What's wallpaper that, vibes. The, the Adriatic Sea, is that what we were at? Talk about like now that I look back, because I think back to that trip and I'm just like, talk about like the perfect trip after like losing a parent. Like just to be able to like sit still. And all I did was drink white wine and eat bread for yes. Oh, the bread in Europe, Chanel. That's our that's our bonding moment. Also, dead parents, but hey, yeah, dead parents. That's a beautiful, beautiful experience. I'm so happy that we got to do that together. Oh, and you knew it, honestly. Like during, I've talked about it like briefly on the pod, but like during my losing my dad, like you were the person I clung to because you understood and it is this weird thing. And that's why I try to be that. Like if I see someone lose a parent now, I'm like, like I want them to know that I know what they're feeling because in that moment you feel like nobody could feel these feelings that you're feeling inside. Yeah. I don't know. I always just felt like I could just be a shoulder for you. I don't know. Like I feel very much like guarded in my feelings when it comes to my mom because I feel like nobody gets it unless they've lost a parent. But even Mm. then it's like, they don't really know my experience with it. And I just listen. I think that's the most important thing. It's like, 
If you want to tell me anything, tell me something because I've lost a parent too and it's mm-hmm. going to be fine and I'll just give you my two cents, whatever, but I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to sit here and preach to you. I'm no. not going to tell you like my coping mechanism because I had years, years of uh, denial, years. I was like, my mom's not dead. Like, it's fine. Like, you know, I don't regret those things that I said to her or like, you know, you just go over everything. And I'm like, no, like, no, 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 no. And then you come to realize that you need to vent it out to somebody, whether it's like a loved one, a best friend, a therapist, whatever. That's what healed me personally. But I'm a truly guarded person. Like I never really let anybody in. Like I'm always fine. I'm going to be self-sufficient till the day I die. But when it comes to that, we got to talk to somebody, you know, and that's something that like God blessed us with. I truly feel that we were able to like bond over that. And like, we were just brought together in this way that with, you know, lost parents. Like, I think I know you, one other person, and I think that's it. That's lost a parent. That's really close to me. So it's very special. And similar. Like we knew like that. And that's what like people don't like, like Gigi didn't say the perfect thing to me. She didn't send me the perfect text message. She didn't, write the perfect thing on my Instagram post. Like she just knew what I was going through that time because her, your mom had cancer and my dad had cancer. Your mom had cancer, right? Yeah. Yeah. She had breast breast cancer and then, yeah. No matter whose parent passes away, it's this, this feeling of, of the like loneliness that like is so hard to explain, but but like cancer, like that, that like I never understood fuck the fuck cancer. Um, like I mean, I get it. Like I got it. Like I got cancer was like awful. But like you get the bumper stickers when you go through it because it really is just like a waiting. It's like a it's fast but slow. Is like the best way to describe it. Is like it happens so fast and you're like oh my god, like those that time went by so fast and you, like you said earlier you replay every moment of your life it's like the weirdest thing ever you like start at your first core memory as a child and you try to like it's like your brain's way of like healing or something it's like you want to think about every moment that you shared with them so it's really hard and i just like had to publicly thank you for being so there for me during that time i love you i love you i love you i love you i feel like everyone deals with it differently i just feel like You can't expect to, like, deal with it or give advice on it or anything like that unless you Mm -hmm. go through it. Or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't even know how I feel now. Like, some days I'll wake up and I'll be angry. Like, literally. I'm like, how dare I am not able to share this with my mom right now? How dare I'm not able to introduce my mom to this person right now? You know, like, my mom would have loved this or, like... Mm-hmm. You know, just I even like went through a period and I uh, I was reading this book and it was uh, it's like one of the most common things that once you lose a loved one, you uh, you lose the sound of their voice. And I lost that and I didn't read the book until recently, but it was it wasn't until I saw a photo of my mom and I, I thought, how does she sound again? Like, what does the sound of her voice sound like? Because I, I forgot and I had to see, uh, hear a video, and then I heard the video, and it was different than I remembered, and it was really triggering and hard, and you just start to forget the person. And it's like you just 
uh, you just decide to live every single day like it's your last after you lose somebody like that. You know, you can slip into like a deep depression or have bad days or whatever. But at the end of the day, and I think that this is what we're also touching on with you, Chanel, is like on vacation, you live your best life because you have, you know, 10 or 7 to 14 days where you just like are dressing up and having fun and doing your damn thing. But I think that that also transitions into your life because you are just going for it in every single sense of the word. Like you just are like, you know, this is me. I don't know if I'm making sense, but that's how I feel. Maybe that is why like I am so happy on like vacation and stuff because it's like life's been tough. Honestly, and like LA's tough. Our lot, both of our lives have been fucking tough. And so, yeah, like on vacation, it's like the one time I could, like, you know, just think about nothing. There's and always so-, so much going on in our brains that I feel like that is where you thrive. And really, like, you just are down for anything. It's like, oh, my God, brunch was scheduled for 10, but, like, we're going to go shopping instead. You're like, okay. Mm -hmm. Or, like, we got – we're going to go sit by the beach. You're like, okay. Like, just down. And that's, like, what you need when traveling. Like, just a down-ass bitch. Like, not an uptight – you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know whatever. makes it easy and fun to be around you. I'll be on time. I love to be told where to be. Like, I love it. Same. Talent. I love an itinerary. Like, be ready by 8. On it. (laughs) Same. A hundred percent. I will have the dress ready. But, yeah, we, like, full on. I feel like that's the thing. It's, like, we came into each other's lives for a reason. Because there was so many times during my dad being sick. Because we had been friends way longer before, you know. Like, I knew you as someone that lost a parent. But we, like, never talked about it. And that's what was, like, when my dad got sick, it was, like, Like, I can't believe we never talked about this. I can't believe you went through this and you were still, like, you still went out and you were still, like, alive. And it, like, gave me motivation to want to keep living. Because there are moments where you're just, like, this life doesn't, like, it doesn't seem good, you know? And so you were a lot of the motivation. I remember, like, going to your wedding and, like, even the fact that, like, it's just, like, you were great on your wedding. Because I think about that shit, too. That's the thing you think about, like, all the moments that your parents are going to miss, you know? Yes. So yes. you've inspired me so much. You really have. Oh, I love you, Chanel. You also have inspired me because the way that you've dealt with his passing is it's graceful and you're being vulnerable and like opening up about, you know, how you feel and like bad days and stuff like that is really important. I feel like putting yeah. on a brave face, which like I tend to do all the time. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Like that. It's like putting a Band-Aid over a bullet wound. Like, it doesn't always really settle. So Mm. it's nice to talk about your feelings. And, like, you've really taught me that. And your dad would be so proud of you, Chanel. Oh, I love you. I love you, Well, I used to. I mean, I used to wait for the party to cry to my friends. Like, I was that girl for a long time. But then you lose. Like, honestly, real shit happens. And you go, oh, my God. Like, I cried, and I was a crazy bitch, and, like, I still have those days where I have to be like, whoa, Chanel, you know? Reel it in. It's usually, like, the day before my period, but, like, it's, like, it really, I don't know. You've just always been, like, a safety net for me, and I love you. I will, I am always here to listen, always, no matter what. Even if I don't really get it, and it might be too much, you know, emotion for me, I'm here to listen. Like, I really am, like... I think I was talking to my friend about this the other day, actually, and 
I thought of you, Chanel. You said that you feel comfortable opening up to me because I just ask questions back. Or, like, how did you put it? Yes. Like, uh, there's this natural response when someone tells you something serious that, like, the human natural human reaction is to, like, give a comparable story. Like, oh, well, one time that happened to me and da-da-da. And, like, you've never been like that. Yeah. Like, you always have a follow-up question. Like, it, it's like a... Instead of being like, oh, well, I've been through that too. Like, you just always have a, a like, a, a question that's, like, meaningful. That, like, is actually, like, cares about, like, how that made me feel or how how did that. Like, you really are. You're, you're, you're an Oprah. You've got Oprah in you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I'm oh, taking that. That's going to be like on my Oprah tombstone, did... <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I feel like Oprah does the same thing. Like, there were so many times in her career where she could have been, like, really, bitch? Like... I've been through a lot too, but she always just like has like the a great follow up question that like is actually engaging and that like actually shows that you really care about how I'm feeling. Like my yeah, feelings, some people you know? some people some people are like sounding boards. It's like what do you feel? Because they need to get something out, you know. And like whenever I know, however, if I'm ever in that mood, I know that I could just bounce shit off of you too. Mm-hmm. Like you have the Oprah quality. We're both Oprah. We have the <laughs> Oprah quality as well. <laughs> and I just feel like you need those people because the people that always just like want to talk about themselves are it's uh, mm. it's it's kind of it's draining. Right. Like it's like some it's like kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Like it li- it is a little bit of an energy sucker. And then it's like, oh, I don't really want to, like, be around you that often because you, like, make me tired. (laughs) And people don't realize that. People think when they, like, give you, like, a comparison story that, like, it's like you're going to be like, oh, okay, then I feel better. (laughs) It's like, no, that's not – like, it never makes the person – so I – I mean, I was guilty of that for years. Um, And I really – I feel like like I've done that literally during this recording. But I Mm -mm. I, I try to do it – you no, I, I feel like I feel like I have though. I, I I only try to really do it when I feel like it adds to like the value yeah. of the conversation. Yes. Yeah. When it's yeah. needed. I mean, honestly, you talk like I talk about like how each person like taught me something. You know, it's like Raja taught me how to be a fucking like run fucking weha. Like every I like feel like I've like. And I think that is a part of, like, friendship and, like, finding yourself in your 20s, especially, like, anyone listening in their 20s, is, like, finding those people that inspire you and that, like, bring out a certain part of yourself that's already in there, like, in your soul, like, if you will, you know? Like, like I was always these qualities. It's just, like, certain people bring them out in you, and that's how the, the people that you should choose surround yourself with. And, like, you brought out in me a sense of, like, of being myself, of, like, of, like, because it was during a time where, like, I was tough loved by so many queens, and, like, and it, it did, it did have an effect on me, like, I, it gave me, like, tough fucking skin, but, like, you kind of gave me the freedom to, like, just be myself, and I, I love you for that. I love you! Oh, my God, that's so cute. You've always been an emotional, sensitive girl to me. Always, I am. I, I think know. you just show your rough, your your rough, tough exterior to other people. Never really to me. No, I'm like a big sappy. Like I tell you everything. <laughs> yep, yep. That's how I feel. Honestly, 
Yeah, and like just. I would hate to be on the bitch end of Chanel. Let me tell you that much. Uh -uh. (laughs) I wouldn't like that. I'm scared of you too. I think we're like equally scared of each other, so we're like. (laughs) Yes, that we're nice to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! That's hilarious. Okay. Oh wait, our game. Okay, I forgot to. Okay, so we're gonna wrap up this episode because we've got more wine to drink, and I'm ready to like take a shot. I think. <laughs> oh, same, 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 It's same, Friday same, same. night, yes. guys. I'm, I'm I, I do love loose. a game, though. Last thing, I said that I was going to tell you what I would cast you in, in an alternate universe. Uh-huh. Is it FY Island? No! <laughs> do you want or, like, Love FY is Blind? Island? I don't know. I don't really watch, I don't watch FY Island, but, like, are there F girls on there? Well... There is going to be a new series called F-Girl Island that's coming out. It's going to be everything. Yes, I cast F-Boy Island and F-Girl Island. And the new season's amazing. Shout out to that. No, I would. Okay, so (laughs) shout out to that. No, no. In an alternate universe. No, like, I mean, if we're talking dating shows, like, I don't know. Like, you're married. Like, it's just hard for me to, like, you haven't been a single girl for a while. So it's hard for me to do that. But right now, like, at, like if you weren't Gigi Gorgeous, like, especially because you're going through your fitness journey right now, like, I could totally see you on Survivor. Is that still airing? I mean, the gays still watch it. I know that for sure. Um, Wait, but, but they're, like, still filming? I don't know. Like, I'm talking alternate universe, like, any reality show ever. Like, I'm just thinking Got of, it. like, Gigi Gorgeous. Like, like they wouldn't know what to do with you. And, I, like, you really you know I'm are so a survivor. I am a survivor, bitch. Yes. Yes. And I'm strong. <laughs> I would say, okay, so for Survivor, I love that. But it makes me think uh, of a show that I watched when I was, like, a teenager, uh, The Challenge on MTV, you know, with, like, CT. You would have killed that. That I always wanted to go on. I was like, oh, my God, these challenges seem so fun. Just, like, not the wrestling, but, like, every single other thing. I'm like, I could do that. Like, fun. Yes, alternate universe, you went on real world, like real world Canada. Um, Like this is like sliding doors. You were on real world Canada and then you became like one of those MTVers that's on like every challenge. Right, (laughs) yes, yes. And just like switch shows. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. I've always loved those shows so much. I feel like it's Mm. so fun. Also, I've always... I feel like, speaking of MTV, I feel like the show Next needs to come back. Oh, my God. I loved Next. Is that where they would, like, get the people on the bus? Or yes. is that the and one? And then, like, they would see one person and be like, Next. Like, you're too ugly. Or, like, it was, like, crazy back in the day, like, 2000s. Like, savage. Oh, my God. Um, What was – okay, so we're going to wrap this up. I mean, I don't really, like – What was it? Like, because I'm just wondering what's, like, our friendship. It started out as, like, you know, two girls. Like, I knew what I found in you was this, like, confidence I wanted. This, like, ability to, like, not give a fuck. To, like, to just, like, live authentically as myself. So I just want to thank you. And I wanted to know, like, is that, like, did you see authenticity in me? Because we talked about, like, you said I just seemed like, 
a good aura, but I, I kind of want like a little bit more from you. Like, what do you think solidified our friendship? Like, what do you think has kept us like such fucking sisters all these years? You know, I think you think that I was always exuding confidence, but I always thought that you were exuding a lot of confidence. And I've always been attracted, especially to females that are confident, especially in a room with a bunch of guys, uh, especially in a room in L.A. with a bunch of intimidating factors, whatever goes on. You have really always just been yourself. Your, like, tagline nickname handle is Shut Up Chanel because you speak your fucking mind and you don't stop talking, which is so <laughs> admirable. And that's just – those are my kind of people that I like to align myself with. So, like, I think that when – we got to know each other. I'm like, this girl speaks her mind. Like, she really is so outspoken. Mm -hmm. And, like, she'll stand up for me. I'm going to stand up for her. And we're going to be in this together. And, like, she's a brunette and I'm a blonde. And it was just, like, kind of a match <laughs> made in heaven. <laughs> and I was like, this girl is, like, my new L.A. friend. And that just never really went away. And I'm just, I'm really happy for that. And I think that we're connected in, like, a lot more areas than we can even get into on this podcast, but we touched on a few and I just mm. feel like it's just meant to be. Don't you think? <sighs> I love you. <laughs> I love oh you Oh my more. God. We went, we went so long. Okay. Tell me to shut up. Shut up Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's go get your shit done. Okay. I love, love you. you. I'm going to come meet you downstairs. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> 